Wilco's The Late Greats playing us in for episode 34, Twisted Listers. We count down the best front people of the last 15 years, or our favorites at least. I'm Scott, as always, joined by Todd and Harrison. Welcome to the show. We're going to be joined later on by Fred LeBlanc of Cowboy Mouth. Very fitting as we count down our favorite front people. He's one of the best in the biz. He'll talk about their big New Year's Eve show, Cowboy Mouth, playing New Year's Eve in New Orleans, as they always do. BigNightNewOrleans.com is how you can find more information on that Excited to have Fred join us and also excited to be reunited with my co-hosts, Todd and Harrison. It's been a while. So much has gone on since since we last uh, did the show. Harrison, you're killing it with the chili and the hot sauce, man. Big win recently oh. at the chili cook-off. Yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore chili brew uh, chili cook-off. I took second place in meat, but first place for veggie chili, which is... Um, I guess shocking. I'd never made vegetarian chili before, so you know, good on me, I guess. That's right. Yeah. And Harrison, that, he yeah. tries for the first time and he wins a contest. Of, you know, that's of, just yeah. how it works. Of course, that's how I do it. That's how I do it. And and I was, sh- I was proud to be part of the event, or just to be a supporter, I guess. And that true. was very cool. And it wouldn't be a podcast if you don't do a shameless plug for any of your other projects. Huckles Hot Sauce, also Harrison's Huckles, uh, hot, sauce. Huckles yeah. hot Sauce. Yeah. Check that out, Todd. You've been uh, going to plenty of shows since we last talked. <laughs> yeah. How was how was the yes, fest in DC with Drake, man? Yeah, that was the big the big one. Yeah, uh, Landmark Festival. Yeah. Um, was it was awesome. Um, Drake maybe Drake was fun. Like we stayed for a part of his set, like the first third of his set. But uh, but the highlights, uh, just briefly, I guess highlights. Churches played day two. They made it probably my absolute favorite of the weekend, and which is not entirely surprising. Because I've seen them before and I love them, but uh, they, they really just stole the show from me. The Strokes put on a great show. Houndmouth is a great young band. They put on a great, uh, really good show. And then Band of Horses, as always, killer. So That's a good, well, I was going to say, of new music, both Church's new stuff and Houndmouth, some of the best new stuff coming out over the last few yeah. months, I think. So Yeah, and Albert Hammond yeah. Jr. also, of The Strokes, did a great solo set. He's I'll, got I'd great really solo stuff, man. He's got great I think solo he's stuff. he's putting out better stuff than The Strokes. He, oh, yeah, I, 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 I agree I, with you. I was you. saying that at the festival. Yeah, I agree with you. So how did he, uh, was his solo set a different day? Or did yeah, you, it, was, okay. it was solo set was Saturday. The Strokes headline Sunday night. He didn't do a Warren Haynes just play for like six hours straight with no, different no. different people yeah. and different sets and no. yeah. I mean, he, I, I bet he could have, but <laughs> no, he didn't. But like, he was great. Rhiannon Giddens, who I saw earlier this year, she like Vicky. That was her highlight. Rhiannon Giddens was awesome. She plays violin. She plays, I should say, fiddle. She plays banjo. She sings like. She can do everything, and, um, and she's so t- and her voice is amazing. So she was really good. What was your take, Landmark Fest first uh, year for the festival? What was your take on the fest? Um, there were some b- bad logistical problems on the first day. Mm-hmm. The lines were horrible for everything, for food. For they didn't have enough food stands. And this was produced by this drinks. was C three, right? C three, the yeah. ACL and guys. They do and, and, and a- ACL, yeah. Right? yeah. And okay. so you would, ex- I expected better from them. And I will give them credit because they did. People complain via social media, which is mm-hmm. what social media is for. And and they did correct the problems mostly the second day, and the lines were much better. So that that did hurt the experience the first day, but the second day was phenomenal. And so, and, and TV on the radio also awesome, and uh, Lord Huron and uh, Alt J like just a killer yeah, lineup. It's a good lineup. It was, it was like I felt like it was tailor made for you know I loved so many of those acts like it was not a dead spot the whole time even Chromio put on a great show and I didn't expect oh that. dude what do you mean you didn't expect Chromio's yeah. Yeah, really Chromio's good. amazing no, oh. I'm not saying they're not good come just, on it, man it oh all I'm saying is it oh. wasn't like the high on my list of all those bands I'm just saying Harris, Harrison and I would have been right up there for the Chromio right up front yeah. Yeah. I was there for the whole Chromio yeah. show we missed. Uh, 
we missed someone because we were at Chromio. I forgot. We skipped whoever I was going to see on another stage. That's how good they were. Yeah. Even Nate, Ru- Nate Roos from Fun. He put on a really fun oh. show, for lack of a better term. But like, he, played the, he played the fun hits. Yeah. He did, like, oh, so he shit, does but... the fun stuff. Because oh, yeah. that solo oh, album yeah, got yeah, terrible yeah. reviews, the one that he yeah. had just put out. It's not very good. But yeah. he did some nights. He closed with, like, We Are Young some nights. He did a great cover of Elton John Rocket Man. Which oh. his voice is really, you know, super yeah. well for that. Yeah. So like, it's just so much. There was so much good stuff. So I, I, I hope uh, one of you guys, if not both, maybe could come next year. There, I'm hopefully it's gonna happen. I was gonna say they haven't announced. Yeah. They haven't announced yet. No, next no, year, no. But... They haven't announced. So another. But it's it's yeah. also a beautiful, like a very obviously landmark, but it's really a, a beautiful spot to have a show. It's right on the Potomac River. You can see the Washington Monument. You can from some spots see the Lincoln Memorial and the Jefferson. So it now is this is really Scott, this is this location. was your idea when you wanted to do the U Street Music Festival. <laughs> you remember that, day. Harrison? Well this yeah. could still oh, be yeah. Oh my God, Harrison, can you remember that? Yeah, well you know my idea I think Grohl's July 4th party was more along the lines of what I was do, wanted to do because I did want to yeah. do back in the day in D.C. I thought D.C. should have had a fest. And now, Landmark Fest, good lineup, but again, it's kind of like just, it, it was run of the mill with any of the other festivals, right? A lot of the similar acts. Um, a little, sure. I, I think some of the ones you mentioned are actually a little different, but that could because it could be due to the timing and the, some of the newer, like churches with a new album that just came out and things like that. Or, um, but but what I wanted to do, D.C., with the, the strong history in, in punk, reggae, hip-hop, I felt like they could really do something that was catered to D.C. And I felt like Grohl tried to do that um, by including some of the acts that he included in in the uh, in the Foo Fighters Fest on July 4th at RFK. But, yeah, I would love to see a D.C.-centric fest that focuses a lot on – and that's what I'd love to see of a lot of these fests now that they're becoming, you know, kind of a dime a dozen as far as – you know, I'd love to see – more of a regional feel like i feel like you go to south by southwest and there are acts at south by southwest it has that there are a lot of the roots and all country acts there because it's in austin right it's by no means are those the only acts we know how big south by southwest is but i do feel when you look when you when you walk around that festival and you walk around austin that weekend you know a good percentage of what you see are those kinds of acts granted you got everything there but it's a good percentage and i i I wish that yeah i feel i wish that that the more of the the um, you know, whether it's wherever it is in the cities, the ones in the cities. So outside land, San Francisco, landmark, DC, governor's ball, New York kind of focus yeah. on, Palooza. yeah, you know, the Bonnaroo's in the middle of nowhere. It, that, that doesn't really, I don't feel like there's a regional feel. I do feel like Bonnaroo, I feel like Bonnaroo and Coachella have brands, that, right? Coachella, way more EDM, um, a little bit more indie-ish, Bonnaroo probably a little bit more at times jammy, alt country roots rocky, um, but pretty. I don't know. You guys, I'm going on a big thing. Yeah. No, look, Harrison, you're right. You're right. The, yeah. the, the, the festival yeah. scene has become yeah. a little commoditized. Right. I, I I liked this show because it was a little more like indie rock focused. I liked that. Yeah. So there was there were differences. You didn't have like Billy Joel playing. You didn't have. You know, not that it would be bad, but like you didn't have some of those mainstream acts as much, except Drake, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say my issue with Landmark Fest, I thought the headliners, Drake and Strokes, is kind of weak. I just because oh, the really? Drake thing. Well, I'd be curious, and Dude, I don't want to spend is too much. Huge. I, mean, I know he. No, no, Drake no, no. is pretty huge. No, he's huge, but he he's... didn't get great reviews for his show. Which which did he do? What festival did he do just before Landmark? Was it Co- he did Coachella this year, he did, right? He did Coachella. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Coachella. Um, and I think he did a uh, Governor's Ball. Maybe that was yeah. yeah. So. Well, that's interesting that Governor's Ball and Landmark uh, both had the same headliner because I would. But that think, was one yeah. one thing that struck me was even though I've talked on the show, I'm not a big Drake fan. Yeah. But like I was I was struck by the enthusiasm of like the fans, and that's why I wanted to see him live. 
because like people were nuts about it. I talked to people over the course of the day. Obviously, you know, we, I like to survey, but people were like, "Oh, I'm here for Drake. I'm here for Drake." All these people were like, "I'm here," mm -hmm. for, and I was like, "Shit, I'm I'm here for hey. not Drake. Everyone except Drake." But, they uh, they had they had that the, was cool. That was really cool. Hey, they had their hotline bling, and they wanted to go see Drake. You know? like, so, I thought that was a big draw. Mm -hmm. The Strokes. Yeah. I, I mean, I was I'd never seen the Strokes before, which seemed like cool yeah. to do. But uh, they put on a they put on a really awesome high energy show. So I was uh, I was happy with. The headliners even though they were not the ones i was most excited about cool well cool anyway. i'm glad and i know you've seen plenty of other shows too yeah. and but but it, we have a, <laughs> this is like a supersized show because we got fred joining the show later on yeah. we got a big countdown that we got to get to uh so i did want to get the good podcast karma out too because we like to do that there have been some great music episodes as far as podcasts are concerned real quick check out kexp's live performance podcast continues to deliver rap radar is a podcast that as far as hip-hop is concerned they're delivering the best guest list that you've seen anywhere the last three shows i believe have been Lior Cohen, T.I., and Rick Ross. I mean, that's that's pretty A-list as far as hip-hop is concerned. Oh, definitely. And then Mark yeah. Mark Marin continues to bring it, too. Keith Richards recently on his show. Bob Guccione Jr. on his show. Uh, he had Richard Thompson and Lemmy on a show together, which was like a split interview. And I wanted to say something that he had on the Richard Thompson show. He, he's mentioned to Richard Thompson he, how he remembered the first time that he heard Richard Thompson. He got into Richard Thompson. And it was actually in Bloomington, Indiana. He talked about when he went on a college visit to Indiana. Oh, cool. But anyway, he. But it reminded me of why we do this show because, like, I feel like music fans like us. You, you there's songs and artists, and you remember if you're a big music fan the way that we are, you remember when you first heard somebody. Like that's just how it is. So I could relate to it. So that's why I wanted to to mention it. And Marin had mentioned that on his show during the interview with Richard Thompson. So, um, and and before we do get into the list, real quick. Harrison uh, and Todd, obviously, last show we talked female singer-songwriters. Recently, Ryan Adams releases his cover version of 1989. What's your take, each of you guys, on it? Because some, you know, some so we had discussed, and I think, you know, about Taylor being on that final list of female right. singer-songwriters. And this 1989 yeah. being the entire Taylor Swift album. Yes, the entire album. Those my know, take, my take is thumbs up on the album, Todd. It's I think it's well. Sorry, yeah, Harrison, I, no, go ahead. I think go ahead. Todd, Todd's gonna be dismissive. I thought it was fantastic. I listened to the whole thing. I thought he did How a really good. How presumptuous of you! I loved it. Really? I it really good. Yeah. Oh, there you go. All right. Dude, come on. Do you right. know how much I love Ryan Adams? He can't. It's yeah, hard sure. for him to do wrong in my eyes. So no, he he did a, a killer job, and I thought it, the timing was just really funny. It was ironic because you know I had just trashed Taylor Swift. Right. And then one of my <laughs> favorite song, who I would argue is maybe one of the best, my favorite songwriters of the century or whatever he, he goes and covers her so i thought that was there was some funny irony and for me I, I didn't look it up um, i mean maybe you know this i mean what is there precedent for covering an entire album like that like i, I don't you know it's or, it's something that, I, I don't, well, I that contemporary yeah yeah i don't know if anybody i mean i feel like in the didn't do like didn't the well, bgs cover didn't the bgs do sergeant peppers at one point they did like the whole album oh, oh wait a minute sounds horrible let's not forget about true. you know you know where you're going now, Harrison. You know where you're, you're, Wayne Coyne and Miley didn't they do? Didn't they just oh, they do Sergeant Peppers, Peppers right? They, just the one song. They didn't the whole album. No, they. they, they well, the Flaming Lips. They did a, a couple. Oh songs. well, the Flaming Lips Flaming did the Lips whole did album. Dark Side of the Moon, right? Oh, Dark. Yeah. They did Dark Side. Oh, okay. They did Dark Side and okay. Well, they performed. They performed. Yeah, they they did like. They no, they released it. Perform. Yes, they released. They? they released it. Yeah. So, but that's I different. Think they did. That's not. So I do. We. we you know. I. I do want to. And we can talk about it. Uh, 
after you know after the show anyway i want to i think a a list that would be great would be like out of the box covers because the ryan adams thing is or pop covers or something along those lines but um and ryan adams has a few of them now with doing this and then not as far out of the box would be alice in chains down in a hole and then also his wonderwall cover but he's he's been phenomenal with doing i think whatever you want to call like popular song covers sure yeah anyway i agree i agree uh but that's another another discussion but yeah check it out it's so it's definitely worth checking out that ryan adams 1989 and another thing to check out if you haven't yet and you're a music fan and i want to get into the list but we have to mention this because it was this amazing music moment we the three of us discussed it when it happened and thought it was amazing uh eddie vetter and beyonce together uh doing redemption song by bob marley at the global citizens festival in new york i mean if you haven't watched that on youtube and if you're uh, if you're a human being and you're not moved by that, let alone if you're a music fan, that's what it's all about. That was, that was unbelievable. So, yeah, right. like I one, of my, I... one of my all-time favorite songs, and then done by one of my all-time favorite singers with Beyond, and then Beyonce. So you know, you can't go I'm, wrong. <laughs> can't go wrong. <laughs> can't go yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, it's pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. All right, let's 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 get into the list. Uh, and I, I failed to mention, I think, why we opened with the late greats, and, and the reason by Wilco, and the reason was because we were deciding on on somebody. I'm going to give a little spoiler: someone who didn't make our list of best front people of the last 15 years, which was was Jeff Tweedy, just left off the list. And uh, so we wanted to do that. And then it, that's a song all about being, you know, about rock stars and people who you don't hear on the radio and things like that. So that's why we did it. But Todd, I, I was going to use my surprise for the open. And was, was going to be uh, the best song, in my opinion, about being a rock star, which is Shooting uh-huh. Star by Bad Company, of course. Oh. But I didn't, you know, because... You know, uh, I, I'm kind of glad we did Wilco, <laughs> I've got to say. Uh, I've heard Shooting Star enough for a lifetime. Even that I was just a because... rock radio listener for years. Or just from hanging out with me. Uh, oh, yeah, we're that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's, let's get the list started. Harrison, kick us off, All man. Right. Best front people of the last 15 years. Go. Okay. Well, I said, I'm going to actually, I'm going to call an audible here. I had at number five, I had Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance, um, which I thought it was a pretty solid pick. I, I know I was getting some, uh, 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 maybe not the uh, a consensus pick, but he is very charismatic and a good um, kind of uh, front man leader that you don't see as much now in our, in our uh, current modern rock culture. So yeah, you, I think he's kind of one of the, wait, one of the you... last of it dying breed but well wait did didn't did that band die i mean my chemical did you still yeah, see that? They, yeah i think they broke up two years ago okay yeah that's fine but he's 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 uh just put out a solo album he's touring on that so that's good um but anyway i'm taking him off off my list i'm replacing him with andrew wk as my number five uh, um, oh. who is having All seen right. him recently is the all he is like Granted, you know, he plays to rooms of like 50 to 100 these days, but, what, but when uh, he plays, he is the master of ceremonies. He's a great front man. Uh, I'll give you that. Or but the musical person. the musical output has to be taken into consideration, <laughs> right? I mean... I mean, he's all his albums came out in the last 15 years, I think. No, I, I'm not I arguing. I don't think that's his I, point. That's, <laughs> I don't think that's, yeah. that's not my point. My point <laughs> is, I just don't... I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about the music, the quality... <laughs> How can you be wondering about the quality? Listen to that quality. Quality. <laughs> Every one of his songs about getting drunk, getting laid, and partying. Every song. Like, it's a front guy. Okay, all right. That's valid. All right. 
Yeah, oh, come God. on. It's good okay, stuff. okay. All right. I know you. Harrison really has a top six. He's got a top six. And by the way, no, Gerard Way does have a solo album out now. You are you are correct. He's but he, he is he is completely or no the the solo album though. Does he have a new one? Because there's one that came out about a year ago. Is that the one that you're talking uh, about? Maybe about a year. Ago. Yeah, and yeah. He, I guess he, probably. But no longer is he dressed in the black army garb. Now he wears a suit. He wears a a, a jacket and tie. He's completely. Reinvented. Yeah, it was. It's yeah, it was a. His the album was a, a tribute to '90s British, uh, <laughs> British pop. Oh, like yeah, it's called Resident Alien, I think, he, or uh, something like or Hesitant Alien. Yeah, yeah. Hesitant Alien. Wait a minute. Uh, Are you Hogs telling Resident me? Alien. Okay, but he has a song. He does have a song called "How It's Going to Be." That's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a cover. It's not a cover. Third no, because no. that's uh, isn't third. Third Eye Blind is how. I, that how's, it, like how's it going actually. to be? How's it going to be? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Um. All right. Well. Anyway, I think. Anyway, we, so number yeah. number four, and I think he limps in into the our, our uh, category over the last fifteen years. We have Bono, I think, who is still yep. one of the most charismatic stage presences you'll ever see. And he just knows how to work a crowd anywhere in the world. So you, you have to at least still give him credit for that. Well, I agree with that. I'm yeah. just shocked he's on your list after all the smack. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, I I feel like I've been the resident YouTube defender many times. Yeah, you are. Yeah, like, Todd, yeah. Todd you are. Todd defends. Todd is. Todd is. He defends. He has to defend the following bands all the time. U2, REM, and Rush. I feel list. like Todd, you, U2, REM, and Rush, right? Those are your, so you, yeah, 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 you are, you are, all, you are the defender. They're all very solid. They're, they're, none of them are my absolute favorite band. But you'll the world, defend but I, them. I love all yeah. of them. I love them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll defend all of them. Well, I mean, I got to give the Here's... guy credit where credit's due. He's a great front man. No, he is. He so is. I agree. My feeling is that his best work was probably pre-2000. That's the only reason I disqualified him. I agree with Todd. But I still think he's one of the best of the last 15 years, whether or not his best work was before that. That's why he made my list. Okay. So okay. I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm going to agree with Todd because the the uh, the tours because yeah they did a I lot mean, before you got, that yeah yeah you have Joshua Tree Rattle and Hum you got uh, Octane Baby and let's not, tour. well yeah Even Pop Mart right right I I, I agree with but Todd like all that stuff is like you know you could pick a high point there but and like I loved uh, all that you can't leave behind I think it's the best album they've done in the last fifteen years. But I just feel like the previous output had topped it. But I, I look as a frontman, you know, he's Frontman's like, yeah, all about the performance, guys. The albums don't matter here, and that's going to be very important going on with this list because my, my yeah, number three, because my, my number three is Scott Weiland. Who, yes. Oh, what say, did I just do that? <laughs> musical output is not is not the uh, criteria being well, used for this list. He is the consummate frontman. You never know if he's going to be at the freaking gig. Oh, like, I'm, I'm come with. Come on, I mean that's yeah. like he's on the edge. <laughs> okay, he, okay. He lives the life, man. You're like, describing okay. Axl Rose also. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but Axl Rose is not living up to this well, list at this point. But just, well, yeah. Todd, oh, the I'm irony in that the, the, the the irony in that statement is amazing, considering Velvet Revolver, obviously, slash being True. attracted to a certain type of frontman. Uh, the, the the so this is this is difficult. But Scott Weiland, I'm going to go with the same thing. Best output. Is is pre two thousand? Um, having the seen... best, the best frontman behavior has definitely been the last fifteen. <laughs> but is years. that the best? Well, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, he... I think his heyday well, was okay. the nineties. Okay, wait know? a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going. To, you know what? Let's talk. Let's use an anecdotal example here because do I you will want, say. No, I'm just saying. If you go to a no. show right now, do yeah. you want 
do you want? No, I don't want Scott Weiland right now. Unplugged. Do you want unplugged Scott Weiland to show up, or do you want uh, last tour for Velvet Revolver? Yes. No, that's what I want. Because I do remember the three of us, (laughs) the three of us at that show when Velvet Revolver had just been just been formed, and they're doing a club tour, right? Yeah. And we got tickets for the 9:30 club show. I believe Harrison picked up those tickets, and that was amazing. And that's one of the best concerts that I've ever been to. And Scott Weiland was one of the main reasons why and that, that was, was so good the Marshall Plan was formed that, that's, that's that, right yeah, yeah that's right that was uh, that was post 2000 so there is some there there is a, a va- validity to it there and, is uh, and there Todd is. as it's you know I can not- find anything okay. to def- defending Scott Weiland isn't difficult for me so oh, look look, look like Bono Scott Weiland I love these guys they're great front men there's no question they're legendary I you know again I just I know I come down to criteria sometimes but I, if, if you ask me would I rather see Scott Weiland in like 1996 95 or would I rather see him in like 2010? I saw him a couple years ago. He doesn't put on the greatest show compared to what he was doing back then. Well, I that, remember when we saw him at uh, at uh, at H Festival at. Uh, oh, that was a bad time to see him. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. with STP, he was great. Yeah. I thought you were talking about when he played the HF Festival at RFK when he put out 12 Bar Blues. And oh no, that was terrible. That, was, that terrible. was awful. Yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah, he was he was like like 75 pounds and like just looked yeah, awful. Yeah, he was strung yeah. out. So, yeah, super strong. Out. I, you know, I, I, what can I say? Like, I know I'm, I'm clapping with one hand. Like, I like, I love Wyland and Bono. I, just, I mean, you guys. There's no way that Wyland makes a list because this just happened a couple months ago. Remember? This was when he was in Texas or wherever, and he just started. What did he do? You don't, you guys don't remember this? Well, refresh. He, he shows he's too. playing in Texas and he does this version of Vaseline and the whole video goes viral and you'll find out oh, why. Oh, it's like super terrible. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it, it, with the video, it's pretty incredible. He's moving at a snail's pace compared to how he used to glide across the stage. <laughs> but then he grabs the mic. Yeah, I think I, I don't know. We weren't. It was vicious. Us, it was it pretty was, bad. It was, it was yeah. Texas style. Yeah, it yeah. was it was pretty Real bad. bad. So right. let me tell you, when I saw him last year at the Howard Theater in D.C., he advertised the tour. It was called From Purple to the Core Tour. But he didn't play, play, right? He was gonna play both albums. <laughs> he didn't play either album. He played a handful of songs off of those albums, but didn't actually play the album. Uh oh. And there are the Dude, cops. Maybe we should shut down. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> They shut down Scott Weiland's show next door. Yeah. All right. Harris. Yeah. All right. So number number <laughs> two, maybe yeah. we'll get a little less a little less friction on this one for at least the last fifteen years is Jack White, who I think you know never never mind you seeing the White Stripes solo tour, the Dead Weather, the Raconteurs. You're gonna go see Jack White, right? That's why you go to the show to hear him play his music, and I think he's. Just a, a consummate rock and roll star, and he has that whole frontman image, and he's doing the, and he tours, and when he tours now, he tours with the huge backing band, like like Johnny Cash style, yeah, yeah. Like with the you know the the way the old country guys do it, where you have like twelve people on stage with you at one time, and he's just in the center of it all, you know, and he's in charge for sure, and I think he just has that amazing presence yeah so here's my take on the jack white live thing because it's an acquired taste and harrison i know you love it i don't i don't really li- like his like the live th- i 
I don't know, and I know he's done like he's done a ton of the festivals. A lot of it's been streamed, and I I saw him a couple years back do the same kind of deal at um, Outside Lands, and I feel like it's it's he does the same thing over and over. But if you love it, and hey, hey look, he's a headlining act, so people love it. Yeah. People come. Not my thing. Todd, your take? I I gotta agree with Harrison on this. Yeah. I do agree with you. Like I, I it it'd be we'd be remiss if we were talking about the last you know this the last fifteen years, and we didn't talk about him. I mean, I the only reason he's not on my list, and it's maybe a silly reason, but I, I feel like we've talked a lot about Jack White. Um, so I just felt like, you know, we've praised him so much. that So that may, that's maybe not a good reason, but I wanted to talk about some, at least a little fresher names. But there's no way you can't include him. And he's charismatic. He's, you know, he's a little polarizing, but that a lot of front men are front people. So... Is a great choice. I mean, he's been one of the most influential rockers, clearly, of the last of this century. So, it's a good choice. Definitely. Thank you. And that that leads into my number one, which I went with uh, Wayne Coyne of uh, um, what's that? Of the Flaming Lips. <laughs> who, <laughs> what's up, man? Which uh, yeah, who we already mentioned tonight with Miley Cyrus and also doing uh, when they toured covering uh, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. But if you've never been to a Flaming Lips concert, you owe it to yourself to go to one. He is the ultimate frontman maestro who not only plays the band, but he plays the audience like it's an orchestra. And he just yeah. does such a, just an amazing job. Dude, and maestro he, is a perfect word for it. He really is. He's like, you know, he's the master of ceremonies. For sure. And like you, and you just see you see shit at those shows you never seen before. You And you would hear about uh, the Flaming Lips touring. I remember hearing about him going out uh, in the giant inflatable plastic ball and rolling over the crowd. Like people would talk about that and it was a big deal. And he still puts on a hell of a, a live show. If you ever get the chance, I say, go see it. If you yeah, have. no, it's, it's a good call. And the cool thing about you mentioning Wayne Coyne is that I've actually seen flaming lips. I think the two times that I've seen him were one was with Scott, one was with Harrison. So it's cool because nice. Scott yeah. and I, Scott probably remembers we saw him at the Patriot Center in Virginia. Opening uh, for String Cheese. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Opening, Opening for String Cheese. Oh, yeah. And this oh, was nice. like 10 years ago, maybe 10. Oh, wow. Then, longer, yeah. yeah. And that, they put on a great show. And then Harrison and I saw him about three or four years ago, maybe four years ago at that uh, festival in Atlantic City, the Dave Matthews Festival. The Carnival. Around, and yeah. they, covered, they covered Dark Side of the Moon and it was awesome. It was really so, cool. That's yeah. cool that we, yeah. That's, that's, so I have good memories both with both you guys of the seeing Flame Lips. So good choice. I would love to see a meeting between Wayne Coyne, Jack White, and Scott Weiland, Harrison. Let's see, oh, see what yeah. that would be like. You got, also, some, it, you got some interesting characters on your list, without a doubt. Wayne, Wayne Coyne, yeah. of course, yeah. is the lead singer of Jade Stem, so it's important to have That's him right. on my list. That is, yeah. that is Harrison's, Harrison's rock yeah. draft. They, was, Speaking of Jade Stem, I was surprised. The only surprises on Harrison's list, two, that were, two omissions I was surprised by. One, no uh, Matthew Bellamy, Jade Stem. Yeah, true. I, he was he was on my short list. He just didn't make and, it. And two, no Maynard James Keenan also surprised. That How, really you know, and, and but I think the argument there is that Tool hasn't done that much in the in the last fifteen years. Okay, okay. that was yeah. That was but good. and he also he's a presence. But I, as far as frontman goes, I don't. I mean, he's a great singer, but I don't know if he's a great frontman. That's just okay. my opinion. yeah. I, uh, I, well, let's, let's recap your list, Terry. Oh, no, I know what I was going to say. I wanted to tell the audience, the, for those who don't get the Jade Stem reference, that is the rock draft episode that we did. We got to do that again, by the way, and figure out new rules so we could redraft and stuff. We did a rock draft and Harrison's dream band was named 
jade stem so there you jade go stem. for the listeners out there it's a it's that. a progressive rock um fusion <laughs> experiment that's right when, yeah they'll yeah. be yeah. heading yeah, yeah go back and yeah. check out that episode i recommend it for listeners yeah it's a fun one. uh so yeah harrison recap your list for us man so i got at number five i uh, slotted in andrew wk over gerard way i have bono at four scott wyland at three jack white at two and wayne coin at number one all right, Harrison, thanks for your list. Now getting over to my list, my top five best front people of the last 15 years. I'll give you two caveats. I, or just one caveat first, I guess. One caveat. I went heavy on the 90s. I know when we talked about forming this list, we talked about how we wanted to kind of get away from our, our, uh, our 90s rock, always going back to the 90s rock thing. Yes. I, couldn't, I couldn't get away from it on my list. Uh, it, I, so I felt good enough, though. By, I felt like our right, last 15 years, we exclude all of the classic rock acts, and that was good enough for me. By the way, you two on the, you know, they're on the edge there as we discussed. But anyway, my list heavy on the, heavy on the '90s acts because I still think these are these are still these acts the ones that I mentioned are still relevant in a touring fashion, and that was one of the priorities for me too. Live show had to be really really good, obviously. So, and and the uh, as I kick off my list, I'll say this: two women on my list, so two of the five women at number five, Florence Welch, Florence and the Machine. I, I mean, unbelievable yeah. live show. Uh, obviously a female fronted rock outfit i, I don't I, she's she doesn't she she had a very original sound when she broke through uh, not to say it's not original now but i mean original from from the t- you know it, she was doing a different thing with the harp and the whole thing and uh and yeah i florence welch at number five on my list no, we, we can't i don't think we can sing her praises enough we we yeah. you know we talked about her on the last episode yep. female singer songwriters but you know, you cannot uh, yeah you can't ignore her in that discussion i think she's so talented so she, really good. Yeah, so she comes in at number five, number four on my list, Susan Tedeschi, who I, I, I think I've said before on the show, but Tedeschi Trucks is, in my mind, my favorite, I'm not going to say best because it's, it's obviously opinion, but my favorite current touring band. So if there was a band, really? and I'm not talking about... I know that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not talking about like, so, so excluding any, you know, heritage bands like from the rolling stones to pearl jam not i'm not talking about that when bands like that come to town yeah yeah and 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 not yeah no i'm talking about bands that are still putting out new music uh still i guess relatively small you know not not massive big headliners arena i'm I'm making a lot of caveats here but tedeschi trucks they're i just think they're absolutely incredible live and they're kicking on all cylinders and susan tedeschi comes in at number four for me i love her voice and uh i i love what that band does so she's you know she's she's in there and i would consider her you know the front purse obviously there's two front people in that band but derek trex doesn't he doesn't speak he talks with his guitar literally i think when the two of them talk to each other as husband and wife she, he just answers by playing the guitar <laughs> with, with the guitar yeah i like that they're in an argument she sings he plays yeah. And he like he can't answer until he goes and gets his slide, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> like, he holds up his hand, his finger, like one minute, doesn't say anything, runs to the next room, grabs the, the slide, and he's like, Bam. no, he doesn't run to the next room. The guitar tech brings the slide out and puts it oh, over his shoulder, and they're in the kitchen, and then he answers the question, "What do you want? What do you want for dinner?" You know, yeah, like that. She's like, "Oh, you want tuna casserole? Okay, I got it. I got it." Um, oh, like no, no, I, it's a good choice. Like I yeah. saw him at Jazz Fest this year, and it was my, I think, my first time seeing him, and they're just, they're just amazingly talented, as you said. I mean, yeah, they're, they're her with her voice, him 
his guitar is just uh, phenomenal. I really enjoyed them. Yes, they're the, they're it, as as the the offspring of Steffi Graf and Andre Agassi are to the future of tennis. Their offspring are to the future of music, without a doubt. Oh, Susan Tedeschi like like and that. Derek Trucks. Yeah. Uh, so the top three on my list, heavy on the '90s here, guys, and I couldn't stay away from it. I went with. <laughs> <laughs> I went number number three. I, I put out Eddie Vedder. I still think he's they're they're putting on great shows still, uh, and still headlining. And he's oh, see, but this is so hypocritical because on my list, you know, if somebody did their best work in the '90s, uh, then I made a bad I, choice by putting him on my list in the 2000s. But now you're gonna tell me Eddie Vedder's okay that he's done his well, work in the 2000s, not the '90s. I'm willing. I'm willing to accept that caveat. I'm willing to. I'm willing to. Um, almost, yeah, kind of submit to that. I get uh, it. He's more. He's more in the Bono category than the uh, Wyland category because he well, has yeah, for sure. good stuff. Yeah. You know, very good material this century. But you know, when we talk about Pearl Jam's heyday, we think of. I think most people think of the '90s. But he yeah. still carries the show. He's still. He's, no, still, he's still. You look, know, Pearl Jam's still a phenomenal. Yeah. Act, you know, live act. Scott, we saw him what two years ago in L.A. We were, yeah, we're yeah. awesome. Yeah, I see and him. Every Harrison time. and I saw him on the same tour in Baltimore. We saw yeah. Him. yeah, yeah. And and look at what they did. You know, that global dude. That global citizen. That that set at Global Citizens Fest. Oh my God! I mean, it was only like a seventy-five minute set. I think. She, oh, I was, didn't see oh my God! It was amazing. No, yeah, they covered Imagine. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was nice. yeah, nice. it was incredible. Anyway, so Eddie Vedder at number three on my list. The top two, I'm not gonna take your argument as far as best work being pre 2000 for these guys because I think the body of work is still very strong. What they're doing, especially from a live standpoint. Number two on my list, Trey from Fish. This list was kind of thought of in my head when I was watching Trey this past summer, and that band is just really. Just so tight right now and doing so well and Trey is such a big part of that obviously his I, I mean I I got so I put Trey at number two so I'm not gonna stand for that argument about best best oh I have a hard time with that like no look yeah. okay. I saw fish a couple months ago they were unbelievable live but like I don't know I guess it, it, it depends what you're talking about live well they right? had some they bad be... years post 2000 well, yeah, live, dude this is the live category this has to be a live right category. yeah, yeah. No, front, it, front it, person it is, is all about the live act. It's not about what's no, on. No, but look, 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 look. You could argue, certainly Fish's recorded output was better pre-2000, but even their live act, like 1997 was considered, like, maybe their peak. But I do think they sounded amazing this tour, so I'm just... I'm All right, saying. but it's also I, compared I, to what's out there too, right? So I think that it's I think true. they're they're that's one true. of the again, if you it's like I said with Tedeschi Trucks, like if you have to the other list to make is all right, you have you know, there's what are your top thirty bands that you would if you were allowed to go see thirty bands in a year, who would be the top thirty that you would go see? Oh, fish, fish would be on, be on the list, right? Okay. Fish was on my list this year. I saw them. Even no, twelve. Let's say someone said you could only see one a month, okay? Twelve bands, and you had to exclude the classic rock acts, those heritage acts, would you put fish on the list of your top twelve bands to see? in a year todd that's a tough call i don't know it'd be close it'd all right i don't want to sit and li- while you wait and try to, th- to think about that because it'll take uh, you forever you just gave him homework yeah you just gave him homework now he's gonna be thinking about that the rest of the night you know he's yeah, gonna go uh, no sleep I'm yeah no sleep for todd. about it yeah no sleep for <laughs> todd it's, it's gonna, gonna have, do there's gonna be 480 know. bands on that list he's gonna narrow it down yeah oh, yeah oh definitely all right and number one on my list is Dave Grohl. I, I still, again, I, I still think that he's, you know, putting, as, I think in both categories, as far as whether the best work was post-2000 or after or before, um, you could make an argument that some of the best work has been post-2000. He's the best front person 
in rock and roll today, I think, uh, hands down. Uh, and yeah, that's so Dave Grohl at, at number one on my list. I, I, he was off my list for the same reason that uh, uh, Todd didn't have. No, um, I understand. I think and, and, no, no, list. no. Yeah. Harrison Andrew WK's material is far better than Dave Grohl's. <laughs> I, I clearly see that. So at least he, at yeah. least he can walk. You know, he's got that okay. going for him. He can oh, ambulate, man. get around on the stage. All right. He hasn't been gimping it for six months. Yeah, I think look, he, he's I, milk. I, he's milking it at this point. He <laughs> can get up there and stand. <laughs> it's been since what since june you're right hey great yeah. dave Grohl moment recently when he invited on the stage the uh the leader of the band that beat him in battle of the bands at uh Je is i think it was thomas jefferson high school where he went in virginia did you guys see this and he invited so you, no, they were, they were playing somewhere in the oh they were playing memphis and the guy who beat him happened happened to actually be trent lott's son and Whoa. yeah, and Weird. he was at the show, and Dave Grohl invited him up during Under Pressure, and they performed together. And Dave Grohl said, "This is the guy who beat me in Battle of the Bands at, at, at in high school." And then the guy had a great response. He said, "I might have won the battle, but you definitely won the war." And I think that was <laughs> that's awesome. that's great. Nice, so, yeah, that's great. Anyway, uh, um, so so I'm, I agree with Harrison. Like, uh, you know, Dave Grohl. He falls into that, what do you call it, when someone's just, like, above every, like, Jack White and him were kind of above the fray, uh -huh. so I just didn't include them, which maybe isn't fair, but we've talked about them so much, so, yeah, that, it's going right. to that category, I guess, but uh, it's a great choice, like, I can't argue with it. All right, my so my, my list, uh, recapping my list, Florence Welch, number five, Susan Tedeschi at four, Eddie Vedder at three, Trey at two, and Dave Grohl at, at one. Todd, you're up. Give us your top right. five, man. All right. So we, real quick, my criteria, it's important here because I, I I was worried, you know, the whole reason or part of the reason we chose this topic was I wanted to avoid the 90s Preservation Society uh, hole that we get into sometimes. And, uh, you know, I, I know you guys. So I, I intentionally went with very contemporary bands, you know, of the last 15 years. But these are all active. They're all touring currently. Um, and they're basically my favorite I guess you could say they're not all club acts. Some of them. I don't want to get. I don't want to get on. I don't want to get on too much of a tangent. Uh, okay. Real quick. All right, I'm but, gonna go ahead. But wait, no, no, no. Okay. Real, real quick, Todd. Um, yeah. I do want to mention your credibility as president of the '90s Preservation Society, which is obviously yeah. uh, there. There should be no questions about that this fall because recently you went to see Pat McGee band, and then <laughs> also true. you have tickets to see Ed Kowalczyk perform "Throwing <laughs> Copper" live. So if anybody no. questions, no, 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 yes, no, 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 yes, no, no, no. yes. weekend. So if Anybody yeah. questions? Wait, wait, you wait. You pre-purchased tickets to see Ed Kowalczyk. He when, was gifted. Uh, he was gifted for my birthday. For my birthday, okay. it was a gift. And yeah. Pat McGee was a gift. Now, choices. Now, this is a show all on okay. its own. I could do an entire discussion about the validity of throwing copper because the album is fucking awesome. Okay. But, yes. Yeah. 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 And but, it's twenty years old. How old? Was oh that wow. Yeah. That's that's amazing. <laughs> oh man. He's touring for its twentieth anniversary. Yeah. Um. I'm excited. I will give you a review, listeners, for that after that show. I'm I'm very curious. It's Ed Kowalczyk solo because he had a falling out, of course, with the band. Oh, of, of course. course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course and he did. What 90s rocker has falling out? One one can only hope he just performs this song over and over. Interesting choice. <laughs> 
Now this is a deep cut off a of throwing topper, everybody. Yeah, super this deep. Is, yeah, super deep. I'm just waiting for it to kick in. Hold on. Oh man, the, gotta best, live, gotta live. the best song ever written about York, Pennsylvania. Come on, is there another yeah. song about York, Pennsylvania? I don't think so. I, I do like how they had t-shirts back in the day, which actually it's relevant again because of Straight Out of Compton. Do you remember they had t-shirts they sold that said Straight Out of York? No, awesome. oh, no. Oh yeah. Oh god. Dude, I bet you on eBay they're selling songs. Right songs now. about Here. songs about Pennsylvania, not including Philly, you, uh, Shit Town, and Allentown. Are there any others, you guys? Oh, I don't. Wow, I, that's a whole yeah. show, maybe. <laughs> Streets of Philadelphia. Yeah. No, like not including State. Philly. Not include. You oh, can't not do include, Philly. Not, not including Philly. Yeah. We yeah. need to do a Keystone State show. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I had. You like that? I knew they're the Keystone. Yes, State. I had to go on that tangent, and I apologize uh, to the listeners who aren't big throwing copper fans, but those who are celebrating the 20th anniversary of throwing copper, I'm sure, are very excited that we've discussed yes. the album. Ty, yeah. your top as, five. As if my my list was not going to be lengthy enough, uh, we added to it. But uh, I, and I'm trying to be concise. I, I am. Yeah. So anyway, I, I mentioned my criteria. I really focus on contemporary uh, artists, and these are basically some of my favorite bands right now, but also, I guess, the last ten, definitely the last 10 or 15 years. And they're all touring, which is cool, so you can check them out at your local club or, or whatever venue they're playing at. So number five uh, was a member of my super group, my fantasy uh, rock draft group. He was the front man, Brian Fallon of Gaslight Anthem, uh, my favorite touring band today and probably of the last several years um and yeah he is in the crafty bastards so that automatically qualifies him for inclusion but he's got he has this uh he's got that raspy sincere sound that you know of course i'm a huge springsteen fan as you guys know and it, it, it's the closest thing to bruce of the 21st century of someone who's come along yeah unique um, vo- unique so, voice I love worth Very listening unique. yeah 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 Excellent songwriting too. So yeah, oh, I love it. I love his songwriting. So between Gaslight Anthem, uh, the cool thing is he's he's always busy. Like like Jack White, but you know smaller scale. He's got side projects. He's got the Horrible Crows. They put out a great album called Elsie a couple years ago. He's got Molly and the Zombies. He's done solo touring. He's putting out his first solo album. Scott, you're gonna like this. His solo album is being produced by Butch Walker. Oh, right nice! Now. Yes, yes. He's recording it in Nashville, in oh. Nashville with Butch Walker. Oh, of course. It's going to be called Painkillers, and it's coming out in early 2016. So All right. If you're not excited about 2016 already, you should be right now. I am. And if you don't know, yeah, if you don't know, Butch Walker is a member of the 90s Preservation Society. Yes. For those who don't remember, Marvelous Three, uh, Freak of the Week. But yeah, that's uh, well, and Butch Walker has put out some some decent solo stuff too. Too. Let's yeah. not forget well, about that. I gotta give a shout out yeah. here to Leah, uh, mm-hmm. Harrison's significant other, because we were talking on Friday night, and she brought up Butch Walker out of nowhere and talked about how she saw him like years ago at Sonar, which is a now defunct club in Baltimore. We were talking about it because it's around the corner from where we were hanging out, and I was like, "That's awesome! She, you saw Butch Walker? It's great <laughs> at Sonar." I was like, "Damn, that's some street cred right there." So anyway, I had to mention Butch that. Walker. Yeah, she's, got some, Butch she's got some, yeah, good, uh, good, good taste. 
Good taste, yeah. There was a Butch Wal- yeah. He he had a song I was trying to figure out from his last album, Afraid of Wait, Ghosts. Wait, Freak of the Week? Oh, no, no, no his week. last solo right. album. There was a song all about like being a... I think he had a song about being like a washed up... Maybe right. it's this one still. Has he gone country? I just have to ask. No, no, he hasn't. No, no, he hasn't. Country. But he has a song. He has a, This is it. I think this is the song. He has a song called Still Drunk. And this is like uh, all about... You like sure you didn't go country? Yeah. <laughs> taxi drivers. Is this... No. But I had a king sing uh, over. Sounds like he went country. A little pokey, yeah. a little pokey, a little country. You can neither spin yeah. 30 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. It is he went country. He went country. Wait. And I hadn't seen a face. Okay, the song's called Still Drunk. Yeah, I guess I guess maybe, but I, I remember that. <laughs> I, I just remember that from listening to that album, Still Drunk. And who better to write a song about being still drunk than a guy who's been a rock star for like for 20-plus years? Oh, I think yeah. that gives you enough cred. Uh, you know when you're still drunk, so... No wonder anyway. Steven Tyler and Don Henley are putting out this country. Yeah, we haven't, we didn't even touch on that today, but that's all <laughs> I know, right. I know. That's oh, God. Right. We'll talk about that hey, another time. I did want to mention one guy, one person we left off. I almost said guy, but now, now girl, we left off Laura Jane Grace because Gaslight Anthem, I, I, I think of against me too, and uh, toured together. Yeah. And Laura Jane Grace deserves honorable mention on the list. That's all I was going to say. She's so, awesome. Yeah. And I, I actually yeah. I saw uh, them. They were co-headlining last year, and they they were. I was I knew Gaslight. Side Anthem was going to be tremendous, but but I was really impressed. I think I probably talked about it at the time, but against me, you put on a hell of a show. Well, I want to another um, one. So, uh, anyway, they were great. Wait, another honorable mention. Sorry, then I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up and let Todd finish the list. But another, <laughs> no, another one we left off. Uh, and this will be the audience can chime in on the people we left off. We let, Rhett Miller is another one that we haven't discussed. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. True. All right, sorry, this Old is a great topic. Okay, it's a sure. great topic. Go ahead. I know. Yeah. I know. There's yeah. too many. It's such a, yeah. okay. So number four, uh, moving on. Uh, the national. Um, I love the National. Matt Berninger is their front man. Um, they put on an awesome show. I saw him at the 9:30 Club for the, the first time. I saw him like 12 years ago. They were they, so I've seen him go from club band to like arena or, or at least amphitheater act. And I saw him at the they headline. Well, they didn't headline, but they were almost headliner the Made in America Festival before Kanye played last year in Philly. They just they 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 blow me away. And uh, he's he's so good. And he's not like. Uh, you know, he's not like a guy who's gonna bounce around the stage, but like he he's captivating, and and no one does the, like brooding melancholy better than him, I think. And he's the guy that he's the guy that you want to be drinking scotch with at like three in the morning, and and he'll like commiserate about whatever problems you have. I feel like he's that guy. And he hope, should be a bartender, maybe. On hopefully, while he's doing it, he's <laughs> he's singing in that voice because that that voice that oh, he has that is, is, is awesome, so unique. Oh, yeah, that deep, yeah. And let the so new good. the so, new project Elvi. Uh, is that hey, I'm assuming is it LV yeah, or LVY? LV, LV or LVI. LV, yeah, is LV. is fantastic. Yeah, so it is. It yeah. really is. And then, and they're touring. His side. So I said everyone's touring right now. Brian Collins mm-hmm. doing a solo tour. He's doing uh he's doing a tour with LVI right now. I want to. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna go. They're coming to DC next month, but they're touring all over the country. So go out and check out LVI and the the singles they've released are phenomenal. So uh, Matt Furniture number four. Number three, uh, Florence Welch. Uh, we talked about her. She's incredible. Um, I, my favorite woman in music today. Um, she, I, what I learned actually in my research between the last show and this show, I should have brought this to you guys last time, but I, she cited uh, Grace Slick as her hero hmm. and Grace's oh. influence, and I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, of of, of uh, Jefferson Airplane, 
And and then also Stevie Nicks would be, she said, her next biggest influence. Wow. And I thought that was really cool because she brings those together. So I was well. going like, to say, I definitely see the Grace Slick influence now. I feel like every female rock star is all about Stevie Nicks, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. well-deserved, but I feel like it's kind of overplayed. The Grace Slick thing is not overplayed, and I see that now when I think about Florence. Oh, yeah, Nishino. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, she's totally got a Grace Slick. More I thought that was very like revealing yeah. about her, I don't know, just about her, her, her stage persona. Yeah. And uh, and those two front women combined to meet like, for her her own like style. Yeah, she you're right. Her extraordinary style. So anyway, she's um, she can uh, she's just uh, I'm so impressed by her. She can do this the quiet reflection, and she can do the 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 huge crescendos with equal skill. So you know we can't say enough about her. Scott covered it a little bit. I'll move on. Uh, number two, uh, Jim James, My Morning Jacket. I saw him again this summer. I've seen him many times. We saw him at Bonnaroo. I think we all saw him back in 04 at Bonnaroo. Yeah. That was my first time. Yeah. And they just blow me away every time. He's he's so he's charismatic. He's funny. Uh, no one has pulled off a cape on stage as yeah. so well since Freddie Mercury. Um, <laughs> and he's he's just the lovable leader of that band. And he, he always ingratiates himself to the audience uh, in an unassuming way. And he's just embraceably eccentric guy. And I, I love him. So... I, uh, I had to put them on this list. I love that what? band's earlier work. I've kind of gone in and out with them like over recent years. I something about it. He's not the kind of like front person that I'm uh, drawn to. I, his musical ability is incredible. The guitar playing and everything else that he yeah. does, I think. Uh, but yeah, not not like I don't know. There's something about it that it's kind of all over the place really? for me. Harrison, your take on Jim James and, and my morning jacket? Uh, I haven't really uh, been up with them for the last few years, but I do remember uh, from Bonnaroo, and then they opened for Pearl Jam a couple years after that. Yeah, I just, remember that. Um, I saw that. Yeah. And that, and they were, yeah, I think really hitting their stride at that point. And yeah, I think he's a great presence and uh, really knows how to command a stage. So I can see him on a list. I don't know if I put him number two, but you know, <laughs> of course not. Yeah, of course not. All right, but uh, I, I, anyway, I love Jim James. I, you know, I think they're. I think they're one of the best, the best of, of bands of their at their level right now. Bands that really yeah. are of this century right now. I mean, they, yeah. their first album was '99, I think, but like they really broke out in '03. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're at that level. They play amphitheaters, maybe even arenas. But like, anyway, I think he has a great presence. And actually, the Waterfall, which came out back <laughs> in May. Uh, if you're not into the last couple albums, Scott, I, I maybe you already listened to it. No, I like this one. I, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. We talked about it. Yeah, yeah. This album was their favorite in years. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm with. I agree um, with that. I'm saying I'm in the same boat. Yeah, on that okay. definitely. All right, yeah. and uh, going on to my number one. Uh, you know, maybe controversial, but uh, we've talked about the Hold Steady a lot on this show. I love the Hold Steady. One of my favorite touring acts, also right now. They, you can still see them in clubs. Craig Finn is the front man. Um, I, I think I just love his stage presence. Um, he's relatable. He's expressive. He's verbose. He's witty. He makes everyone feel like they're a part of the party. And he's just got this inclusive feel to it where it's like, you know, he doesn't he's not too, too cool for everyone. He seems like this nerd, actually. He feels like he should be working in IT or accounting uh, at your <laughs> yeah. office. Because he's got the big glasses, he's heavy, he's balding. Yeah, like, he doesn't. He doesn't look anything like the persona that comes through in his, no, uh, he in his lyrics. Like you would think he'd be much more of like a biker dude almost. Um, yeah. And I have to say, Todd, you turned me onto the whole city way back, way back oh, when. Thank you. And um, I absolutely love the music. And like 
the, mu- the the music and the lyrics are just so absolutely engaging. Like, and then to see him live, and he brings that whole experience into the live performance. But I think I have an easier time falling into a uh, into a, a hold steady album than anything else. Like Separation Sunday, I could listen to that over and over and oh, over. Oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. And Boys and Girls in America, those two albums. Yeah, yeah I mean those are their high watermarks. But yeah, I, again, bands of this century, like. They just—I don't know—to me, like they—they they just they stand, you know, them, my morning jacket, the other bands I mentioned, they just stand above. I feel like a lot of yeah, Todd. I think your list—I yeah. agree with you on Craig Finn. I think your list really uh, has is a is an amazing list of the bands that have been so influential and and I just just good period over the last fifteen years. You think about yeah, Gaslight, think- National, Florence and the Machine, My Morning Jacket, and Hold Steady. Uh, you did it. That's a that's a strong strong list of bands, oh, man. Pure, Thank you. I, yeah. yeah. What? Pure. Yeah. Up, well, I tried to I, yeah. I, I tried to make it a list of like the, you know the bands. Yeah. I think about the last ten or fifteen years, and I yeah. thought, you know so the best shows I've seen of bands that were not around before. Yeah, like, and that's you did a good job. Those are the bands. Because yeah. otherwise, yeah. yes, Pearl Jam. I've seen them certainly a bunch of times. I've seen you too. They're awesome. You yeah. Should not miss them. You know, you guys made good good points and obviously Foo Fighters, Jack White. So, all, you know, anyway. So that's that's it, but like, yeah. I, it was this was fun. This was really fun to like come up with these and I just like adore everyone on on my list and you some of the guys the people on your list too. Todd, recap real quick, man. Then let's do the final 5. All right. Okay. Number 5, Brian Fallon of Gaslight Anthem. Number 4, Matt Berninger um, of The National Florence Welch at number 3. Two, Jim James, My Morning Jacket. Number one, Craig Finn of The Hold Steady. All right. So- and how did, how did Jared Leto not make anybody's list? <laughs> uh, criminal. 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 Yeah, I no. mean, the guy's already won an Oscar. What, he doesn't need a lister, right? Right? He doesn't He's going for the EGOT L, right? The EGOT Yeah, the EGOT. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. The Ligot. There yes, you go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy Morgan can only aspire to the league. That's right. So our final five. I'm assuming Florence is in the five. Is that is that a fair oh, yeah, fair sure. assumption? Yeah, All right. Uh, I feel like based on the discussions that uh, probably I'm only going to fight for Wayne Coyne on my list. That's only so you want on the big board Wayne Coyne. Yeah. I was going to say Dave Grohl and Jack White. Jack White, yeah. yeah. I think Jack White and Dave Grohl belong on the big board here. Uh, I think Matt, I mean, I, I, and then, okay, so from Todd's list, I, Matt from the National, I think, is phenomenal. Uh, well, so is Brian Fallon. I would, I would take Craig the, Finn. I'd take Craig Finn, though. Oh, they're all, no. yeah. So, I mean, it's such a good list. It's a solid is. list. All right, right, we'll put them all on the big, list. so that leaves us. Um, um, so, so the big board, we got Dave Grohl, Florence Welch, Jack White, Wayne Coyne, Craig Finn, Matt Berninger, and, and Brian Fallon. Uh, let's see who's, uh, so, so let's just go around and everybody pick one, I guess, from that, that bunch other than Florence. She's on there since she's on two lists. So, uh, Harrison, you want Wayne Coyne to stay on, I'm yeah. guessing. Correct. Yeah, please, yes. All right. Well, wait, pick somebody from, no, no, you know what? Pick from somebody Someone else. Else's list, so, right? so either you got to pick right. either Craig Finn, Craig Finn. Okay. Craig, Craig Finn. Finn. All right. And, and Todd, you got to pick from, uh, so you can pick either Grohl Oh, Grohl or Jack White? Who would you vote? You would. Oh, you, who would shit. you go with? Oh man, that's 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 hard. Well, um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're eliminated. We can we can we can negotiate. But, okay. Yeah. Who would you uh, pick? One over the other. That's the. It's, I'm, that's, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Jack White just because. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Right. Focus on this. Okay. 
that leaves us, and then now I'm going to pick uh, one from from both of your lists. So I'll go with Matt from the National. So that leaves us with a five of if we and I'm gonna we're gonna have to figure this out because we're gonna make one change. I think that leaves us with the following five: Florence Welch, Jack White, Wayne Coyne, Craig Finn, and Matt Berninger. Uh, I th- and I hope I'm saying his last name right. Is that is yeah? yeah I think yeah, it's yeah, Berninger. Yeah, yeah, yeah Berninger. Yeah. Uh, so. Wayne Coyne to me, I'm not. I, I just think that VMA debacle, and he's just kind of, kind of out there. Like, is weirds me out a little bit. Todd, do you do you want to yeah, keep? No, so I, Todd, I'm gonna I, leave I'm you. Here's the here's the deal I'm gonna make, Todd. It's I think it either comes down to, All and right, this is gonna be an easy you rat bastard. It's gonna be Wayne. It's either Wayne Wayne Coyne or Dave Grohl, Todd. So oh, oh, I gotta go with Dave. Okay. You know that. All right. Go there you go. You see, Harrison, you like how I did that? You like that? Whoa, whoa, did you just knock Wayne Coyne off the list? Uh, well, unless you can make a valid argument. Out. Hold on, hold on. All right, so now now on the board, we've got Dave Grohl, Florence Welch, Jack White, Wayne Coyne, Craig Finn, and Matt Berninger from the National. I'll let you get, since I've already made it clear who I want removed, which is Wayne Coyne, you guys can argue for the, the who should be removed among those uh, six. No, just let me keep Wayne Coyne. You guys can get rid of Matt Berninger. Todd? Get rid of Matt Berninger? Todd. Well, Scott, Scott, I think it. it uh, 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 all right, Scott. It, it, if you could choose Matt Berninger or Craig Finn, who do you choose? Um, I think Matt Berninger, and I think it's just because currently all I've right. been listening to a lot of the Elvi right. stuff. So. So all right, all we can right. knock Craig off. I okay. Get, I, oh, right. but I like Craig. Oh, God damn it. Dude, I love oh, Craig. you Come got. On, I'm list. sorry, Harrison. You can't. Have, fine. Was, take Harrison. Take Wayne Coin. I was trying to compromise. I was trying to compromise. Harrison, right. no, take no, no, no. no. All right. No, you're gonna leave Wayne Coin yeah, on. Take Wayne Coin off. Okay. All right. No, because you guys. No, because you right. may, No. All right. So our five. <laughs> no. Wait, did I? I might have counted so wrong. Florence is number one. Wait. Florence oh yeah. And Dave, Dave Florence Grohl, Jack White. Oh, you know what? I counted everything wrong. So we could put Wayne Coin back on. We'll take Craig. All right. We'll put Wayne Coin back on for you, Harrison. Wait, but Craig Finn's off. All right. Fine. <laughs> I don't know. You guys can argue. You guys want to argue? This is not hard. What's the final list? All right. The final list is Grohl, (laughs) Florence Welch, Jack White, Wayne Coyne, and Matt Berenger. Uh, Matt Berenger. So the order would be, Todd, order that for us, would you? (laughs) You want me to order it? Wow. That's a tall response. Order it for us. Shit, I want to put Florence number one because we both had her and we right. we agree she's amazing. She's yeah, yeah no, that's nature. good. I'll take that. So, All right, is that okay? Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Florence that's fine. number one. Let's put. Uh, I'm gonna put Jack White two, Dave Grohl three. Are you okay with that? I'm I'm not, yeah, but it's fine. fine. Yeah. Uh, it's just good. Dave Grohl had a lot of accomplishments pre 2000, I, and Jack White didn't so much. So that's yeah, but the show I've seen both. Reading. I've seen both shows. The Foo Fighters show is okay. better, but it's fine. That may be. That All may right, be. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then what do we have? We have left Matt, have Matt, 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 and, and Wayne. Yeah. I put Matt and then Wayne. That's what I would say. All right. We we, we, we knocked off Craig, so let's put Matt. At I'm okay with that list. Harrison, are you okay? No, but it's fine. The final Whatever. list, top five front people hey, of the century. That's a good negotiation, all right? Yeah. No one's really happy. <laughs> Number five, Wayne Coyne of Flaming Lips. Number four, Matt Berninger of the National. Number three, Dave Grohl. Number two, Jack White. And number one, it's a woman. It's Florence Welch. Florence the Machine. Florence Welch. And without, that's why we said front, front person. Front yeah. Person. And without any, without any further ado, let's welcome 
Fred LeBlanc of Cowboy Mouth, one of the best front people in the biz. Fred, you've been doing it for a long time, 25 plus years now. Welcome to the show. We're happy to, happy to have you. Todd and I have both been, and Harrison have been fans for a long time. Senior shows. I'll tell you, the, the impetus for the interview, we're doing a show. This show is, is based around the top five front people in music of the last 25 years and as i was putting together my list your name came to mind because what you do yeah seriously what you do you you i mean it's a really unique show the cowboy mouth show is so unique and yeah, you came to mind in, in that way. So um, that's why that's we... really you know, generous, man. Thank you very much. That's yeah, high praise. I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, that. no, definitely. Well, I mean, it's you, you have a really, you know, it's a unique style, obviously, not only being a drumming front man, but also just the what you bring to the show. And I remember seeing you, I mean, I've seen you several times over the years, and it's just such a unique show. And uh, I, I mean, I guess we can kick it off with a question about your influence and the reason why um, you kind of formatted the shows in that way with so much energy and... And, and you know, bringing the drums up front and everything that you do. Well, the uh, idea about bringing the drums up front was basically because it was my van, and uh, so I decided if I'm going to play in a band, I want to be up front. And I just got <laughs> tired of being in the back. I didn't want to spend my whole life looking at guitar players' asses my whole life. <laughs> okay. And yeah, then so uh, so then it was just kind of uh, it wasn't really a style as much as an intent, you know, because. I just kind of got tired of other front men and bands I'd been in just kind of shaking their butts and trying to look cute or, you know, throwing out some sort of style of cool or anything like that. For me, it was all rock and roll. It's all about being an inclusive thing instead of an exclusive thing. And for me, it was just all about drawing people in, drawing the energy in, drawing the people in, and making sure that everybody could be part of the experience. And that was very important to me. Yeah, well, I think I think that's a good way to describe a, a cowboy mouse show. Pretty inclusive, and I was gonna say inclusive yeah. is a great word for it because I feel like when you're at a cowboy mouse show, I mean, there's almost no way you could not be into it, and you 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 know you're the one that uh, that brings everyone into it, and it's uh, that's why I think why people keep coming back, you know, and you guys play play hundreds of shows a year, I'm sure. Well, you know, it's, my theory is that people don't go see a Rolling Stone show to see Mick Jagger. They go to see a Rolling Stone show, hopefully to be Mick Jagger. And I just, I just let them know that it's okay to be Mick Jagger. You know? Yeah, that's no, that's a that's a really good. Uh, it's that's a that's that's a pretty good summary of it. That's so true. You do go to to be to be the singer in a way, be the front person in a way. Well, uh, you know, it, it, obviously, you know, I, I, a lot of people be, became familiar with you guys when, when Jenny Says broke back back in the day, but it, it, it's interesting to read uh-huh. about, about the history of that song. I had no idea about how it had started back when you were with Dash Rip Rock back in 89. Yeah. So that song's, tw- uh, you know, quarter century old. 26 years old. Yeah, 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 26 <laughs> years old. I mean, it's amazing. and it, and the re- But it speaks to you as a, as a the state, you know, the personality you have on stage, still getting as much energy today from the crowd with that song as you got back in the day. Well, I think, you know, people just understand the idea behind the song and it still resonates you know just taking all the troubles and the worries and the fears of your life and just letting them go you know in spite of you know the uh pain in the butt disney song that took my damn line <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say you were way ahead of frozen <laughs> no, i was way ahead of frozen, 20, I'm still way ahead of frozen ahead. trust me buddy <laughs> but uh you know it's uh it, it's something that i think people still 
people still resonate with. Everybody gets frustrated. Everybody gets worried. Everybody gets afraid. And, you know, if if you get some lunatic sitting there just saying, hey, let go of all that stuff, yeah. you know, enough times and just encourage, but not only saying do it, but encouraging that very best, you know, that very best feeling out of people, then, you know, it's not about me letting it go. It's about everybody in the room letting it go. And then you just have that kind of transformative rock and roll orgasmic experience, which is a cowboy not show. Yeah. Todd, I know I'm, I'm hogging the interview. I have one more question about the songwriting, though, because you talked about what Jenny says is all about, and I want to talk about Joe Shoot. Strummer. Joe Strummer, uh, that song, I feel like it, it, and for those who don't know, Joe Strummer is a song all about basically a, a, a girl, and she doesn't know who Joe Strummer is and the frustration, and I was talking to Todd before we did the interview, and I feel like every music fan, every music nerd has reached that point in a relationship where you're like, do I educate the person and continue on with this relationship, or is this a deal breaker? Talk a little bit about Joe Strummer and, and how every music fan can kind of relate to that. Joe Strummer was actually a very true story. It, uh, I was dating a woman at the time and, and when Joe Strummer had died, and I called her up because I was upset, upset that Joe Strummer had passed. I had actually just met him about six months before, and I was a huge clash fan. And um, so, uh, so I called the woman and I said, Baby, I'm so upset. And she goes, What's wrong? I said, Joe Strummer died. Silence. Who's that? And I literally thought to myself, <laughs> I literally thought to myself, oh, you got to go. <laughs> That's awesome. And true to form, she's gone. So my life's better for it. So there you go. That's awesome. And you got a, a great song out of it. So, you know, that's the beauty of songwriting. I did really get a great, I did really, I got lucky with that one, to be sure. Yeah. Ty, go ahead with some of the questions so, you have, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask, um, you know, we, we talked about the, obviously you guys play, hundreds of shows a year live and i was going to ask about a couple of uh venues that at least uh, for for us i think have particular meaning and and True. any memories you have one of those since we all grew up in the washington dc area uh the bayou because i know uh, Deathstrip rock used to play there and cowboy mouth yes, so did. i was going to ask if you had any i don't know what your impressions were at the bayou and your memories oh the bayou all my memories are fond of the bayou we um you know we had gotten signed to a, a record label in the 90s called MCA, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, almost as soon as we were signed, uh, everybody who was responsible for signing us was fired and let go. <laughs> oh, and then all of a sudden we were staring at, you know, staring at losing this record deal that we had worked so hard to put together. And it was the culmination of our career at the time. Sure. And so um, what happened was uh, MCA happened to be having uh, a shareholders meeting in dc like you know like their big convention in dc just freak occurrence right and they said mm -hmm. hey we got the band on our label why don't we go see these guys and they get to the bayou and the place is packed <laughs> they don't know anything that's about awesome they don't know anything yeah. about it yeah. they don't know they don't know our history they don't know anything so you get all these damn you know corporate rock nerds just coming inside <laughs> they're thinking that like they're thinking it's the club that's drawing it right and the doorman's like no, these guys are really popular, and these guys are really good. You need to find out about them. This, the door guy's educating our new label staff. <laughs> That's great. And the record, uh, the label president at the time was this guy named Jay Boberg, who was like six feet five, and he had uh, he had signed. He had worked at IRS Records, uh, an old label, and he had signed um, REM. I was going to say, yeah, had, they REM. He had signed uh, the Go Go's, and uh, so. So he was kind of a big cheese at the time. And I'll never forget playing the show. 
and I didn't know what, everything had gone on, but I knew the uh, I knew the layout staff had changed. I didn't know these guys were going to show up, but I knew Boberg's picture because I was an REM fan, you know. So all oh, of a yeah. sudden, I see six six foot seven giant guy in the middle of the fucking floor at the bayou, <laughs> you know, with a slightly lazy eye, with his fist pumped in the air, going, "Yeah!" I was like, "Jay Boberg." I was like, "Jay Boberg." <laughs> So there you go. So that was that was awesome. one of my members of the body. No, thanks for sharing that. I and actually that kind of ties into another question I had, but more about the the uh, music industry. Obviously, you've you've seen so much change. It's been such a dramatic period of change over the last 20, 25 years. Um, yeah. How, which how is that? I mean, I'm sure it's had a huge impact. But I mean, you were on a major label. Um, we're on know, several. What's been your take? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, look, you know, I never fell into the whole idea of you know, using a live show to sell albums. I almost used the album to sell a live show simply because being a drummer and a front man, I never really got the, um, I don't want to say respect. I never really got the, uh, the support that I think I should have gotten from the industry simply because they didn't know how to market me. You know, I wasn't, um, I wasn't some pretty pouty little boy with a nice haircut, you know, singing about his pain and stuff like that. I was just, you know, this, beefy kind of lunatic pounding the hell pounding the drums away and screaming about being alive, you know. If it, yeah. you know I didn't really you know, I didn't fit in the mold. I never have and I never will. I'm pretty proud no. of that. But no, I think um, it's great. It's a good point because, you know, that like the mid nineties scene you still had all these grunge or post grunge kind of acts playing. You guys didn't fit into that mold. No, um, we did not fit into any of that. We have we've yeah. never really fit into anything. Cowboy Mouth has always been its own its own lovable monster. And, um, you know, I, I, I just, I never strived to be different. It wasn't like, I want to be different. I want to be different, but I was very proud of being unique. There's nobody else out there like us, you know, just by virtue of who we are, who I am, things like that. But um, if, you know, we never did fit easily into any sort of box. We still don't, which is pretty hilarious because the music is, the music and the show is so accessible, you know what I mean? It's not it's not hard to like us at all. It's just um you know, it's just we're not the norm. So and I think I've always run into problems within the industry in terms of people who can't really think outside of their own comfort zone as to what is successful and what is qualitative, you know. So that's always been my experience. You know, as far as the music industry goes, they never really got me anyway, so I never really worried about it. Yeah. So you, you guys mostly pro- oh go ahead no good Ty. I was gonna ask do you do you mostly produce your own as far as record you know recordings <laughs> it depends on the situation it depends on the okay. situation our last album called Go was on a label uh, called uh, Elm City and it was produced this guy named Don Miggs and we had a really nice budget it was really good the album before it was something we just basically put together called This Train it was really good I produced it. Um, you know, it depends on the album, it depends on the situation. You know, you just, you figure out what the, uh, the goal is and, and you just go for it, you know? Yeah. You've been, uh, you've been lucky enough to do what a lot of people would love to do for their entire adult life, which is play drums. Do you ever think about what you, what, what would have been if, if you hadn't become a music lifer and, and, uh, the rock and roll thing hadn't worked out? I'm just curious, man. Somebody like you who's basically, you know, you dedicated 
You made it. You, your, entire, your entire adult life has, has been doing this, and it's you know just a question. As people, as us people who who, do, who didn't make it as rock stars, uh, yeah. Like, what would you ever think about that? What what would have been? Well, I never gave up. Yeah. Number one, you know. Um, I uh, this is all I really could do in terms of, you know, making myself relatively sane and relatively happy. You know, it, it's not. I don't. I don't really look back and go, "Oh, look at everything I've done." Blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, for me, yeah. it's always about the next goal, the next milestone. You know, it's. You know, I'm not a person who likes to look back too much. You know, yeah. once I do something, it's like, okay, I've done that, and that's just that's just my nature, I guess. I. No, that was I kind of know, the answer. Always, oh, go ahead, Fred. Sorry, go ahead. You know. Life is pretty much what you make it. I mean, you know, on the one hand, I've done, I've been very fortunate, but on the other hand, there's a lot of goals I have have not achieved yet. So, and I'm still working towards achieving. So, I don't really look at it in terms of being, you know, thought of on some any sort of level. I'm just me doing my thing. Yeah. And I'm just trying to, I just keep doing my thing until. At such time, I dropped dead. <laughs> well, that, that's pretty much that's pretty much what comes across in a cowboy mouse show. So that that was the answer that yeah. I that I anticipated. But <laughs> uh, so mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about the the New Orleans the, the New Orleans heritage, especially uh, you know ten year anniversary of Katrina. Also, John Batiste now a, a part of the Colbert Show, which is I think drawn some mm-hmm. attention to the New Orleans scene. Uh, you know your oh, thoughts yeah. on both of those and just being a part of New Orleans of the New Orleans music scene. There's a lot obviously to discuss, and I'm wrapping all this stuff kind of into one question. And then, uh-huh. you know, making your return every year to New Orleans Jazz Fest and just a yeah. general discussion of, of what New Orleans means to you as a musician, because I think there's something very special. I'm sure you'll say this probably something very special being a musician that is from New Orleans. That was a long way to get to that that point that I was trying to make. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you really went around, yeah. you ran around your ass to get to your elbow. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, New Orleans, New Orleans is a great place. I love it. You know, I miss it when I'm not there. Um, there's a lot of great music that comes from there. There's a lot of great vibe and attitude that comes from there. There's always going to be people who do well from there. And, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of great bands that have come out over the time, over, over the, over the, over time from New Orleans, all the way back from like Louis Armstrong, you know, all the way to the revivalists. Yeah. We're doing great now. So, I mean, you know, New Orleans is a very fertile, creative community because it's a great place to woodshed you know you can practice your art there and nobody really cares until you're really good and they take notice you know because in new orleans if you stink nobody's going to go oh you stink you're terrible boo they're just going to ignore you which is worse you know (laughs) so i spent a lot of years being ignored and then you know so it's a great place to woodshed it's a great place to be from uh and it's a great place to learn your craft because it teaches you what to do to get noticed. It teaches you what to do to be good at what you do. And it's always a good place to go back to, to reach that element of the soul that sometimes the rest of the world just doesn't get, you know? Yeah. So growing up there, do you think that that really, in a unique way, influences you to become a musician? I mean, do you feel like... I think so, but at the same time, I don't really have anything to compare it to. You know what I mean? It's not like... Well, you've toured around. I mean, you've toured the country, the world. I mean, you've seen... No, 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 no. I'm talking about growing up. Right. I've only only grown up there, and it's not... I can't say this. Um, It's such a personal experience for me 
it's not really like I can I can compare it to growing up somewhere like DC because you guys had a really fertile scene for a long, long, long time where a lot of great music, a lot of great musicians came out of. Sure. I think I think a lot of it, you know, sure you're you're kind of you're colored by your environment, but also mainly you're covered by your own perception of your environment too, you know? I mean, it's like it's like Bruce Springsteen looking at the Jersey Shore, which was a pretty dumpy place at the time and seeing all this romance, you know? It wasn't that it was there, it wasn't that it wasn't there, but he saw it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like, or like, you know, R.E.M. being in Athens, Georgia, which is a little small college town, where there's really not much happening, saying, hey, this is Mecca. Let's yeah. make this happen. You know, it's, it's, you know, everybody, you know, when you're a restless teenager and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life, everybody hates their hometown, whether it's, you know, Tupelo, Mississippi. <laughs> New York City, everybody. Yeah. Oh, this place sucks. <laughs> Nothing's happening. So, a lot of it is, a lot of it, of course, with New Orleans is the city, is the culture. But at the same time, it's also the individual creative person's perception of the city and its culture and what it means to them. So, you know, yeah, that, makes sense. And that is a long-winded answer to a long-winded. Yeah, there you go. Yes, <laughs> a good answer. And I, I'm glad that you mentioned. Uh, kind of the history, you said Louis Armstrong, the revivalist, because we, we it's funny, we the only city, we've, you know, we've done this is, 34 shows, the only city that we devoted a whole episode to was New Orleans last year, and it was a really fun well, show, I, and I yeah, we, we, t- we talked about our top New Orleans artists, and you were in that discussion, so that was, you know, that's part of why we're like so excited to be that. in that number. <laughs> 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 yeah, definitely. Harrison, did you want to jump in here? Well, yeah, I guess uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, songs are like uh, relationships and uh, I know Jenny has its uh, <laughs> a long and storied history with you. Do you have songs that you've gotten divorced from? <laughs> I, have, I have women I've gotten divorced from. <laughs> <laughs> now, now every, every song, every song still resonates, you know, it's, you know, otherwise I wouldn't play them. I mean, it's, you know, and it's so weird because you find songs that you thought that you didn't really have in common with it. You, you didn't have anything in common with them that all of a sudden you have, you know, they just completely speak to you in the moment. Like, like for me, it's easy, or I believe those recently have come into play in my life again. Um, what else? Uh, a song I called Anything. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's it's weird how songs kind of exist in their own time and space, and they just kind of like little, uh, like little apples from the tree of life that you can kind of tick off of when you need them. It's like I'm feeling this way. How can I express this? Boom. Now it's so weird, you know. It, uh, whenever I go through hard times emotionally or something like that, all of my friends will say, man, you ought to listen to some cowboy mouth. You're really a pretty smart guy. <laughs> As, uh, it's like I've gone, gone through some stuff recently and listened to some music, some of my music. I'm like, man, I kind of knew what I was talking about there, didn't I? <laughs> so, I mean, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, once, once you put the song out there, I believe, that, I believe that songs, when they come from a certain place, they have their own life, they have, they have, their, they have their own existence. They have their own agenda, and they're there to be, you know, they're like they're like, you know, a book or a piece of poetry or something. They're there to read at a certain time of your life in order to glean as much out of it as you possibly can. You know, just to not only 
speak to you, to have you speak to them, to where it's, it's a it's a dialogue of the soul that's meant to enrich as well as entertain, you know. So, but then again, that's the way I think. I could be full of shit. So. No, I think I think I think that's a great take on it because I you know when I go back and I I listen to Light It On Fire or I listen to Lovers or Friends, I listen to certain songs and it takes me back to a certain time and place, but it also has a different meaning today than it yeah. did, you know, mm -hmm. 15 to 20 years ago. And that's one of the things that I've always loved, and I know Scott and Harrison too, but like the music grows with you, even though the music might not change. Um, it uh -huh. does live, but, but the recorded once music. Again, is, yep. Once again, it's not just the music, it's your perception of it, you know? Exactly. It's as, as, as like for me, like there's this guy named Bruce Lipton. He's a, uh, he's a stem cell researcher in the 60s. And he he uh, he he has a a theory of study that he calls epigenetics beyond genetics, and he discovered um, with stem cells back in the '60s because he was doing this research back in the '60s, I think for Harvard. He discovered that the, the when he put the cells in different environments, it, the cells reacted not only to their environments, but mainly they reacted to their perception of the environment. So like say so like he put like like some uh, organic material and different uh, different um, what is it different uh, petri jars and he would say different things every day to each different petri jar like one he would say I love you so much you're so wonderful and the next petri jar he would say I hate you you suck blah 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 and the third one he would just ignore and the one that he would ignore would just you know putrefy the one that he would uh, say the horrible things to would just turn black and the one that he said you know, he loved, you're wonderful, just blossomed, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's not, you know, music, anything creative exists not just for us to observe from a distance. It's there for us to interact with, you know? I mean, the clash means as much to me, if not more now that I'm older as it did when I was younger, because I get so much more of it on so many different levels, you know? And, that's what I really like about music. That's what I like about the Cowboy Mouth show and the experience. You can take it on a multitude of levels. On the surface level, it can be very much a, oh, okay, it's a party band, ha, ha, ha. Okay, we'll have fun, we'll drink, we'll get silly. Maybe we'll get lucky. But if you look <laughs> deeper, if you get look deeper into the levels, you know, a Cowboy Mouth show can, if you want it to, it doesn't have to, but it can be used as a potentially transformative experience. The potential is out there. It just depends on what the artist I mean, it depends on what the audience member wants, you know, and therefore it's as much of a creative experience for the audience member as it is for, you know, the musician. And that's what I like. You know? It's a pretty good summary of a cowboy mouse show. Sounds, sounds about right. And you guys are uh, perpetually on was the I getting a little Was I getting a little heady for you no, guys? You, on a no, that was good. No, that was, that was good, man. That was a good summary of, of a cowboy mouse show. And you're right. No, you're man, right. What is Man, what is this? What does this have to do with titties and beer? I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you are right, and and Todd just said it, and I'll let go of those thoughts. I mean, how your your definition of what music means to you, a certain piece of music, certain song, certain artist changes over the years, and you are totally right yeah. about rediscovering stuff. I mean, I find myself doing that every single week. I'm sure Todd and Harrison do as well. You rediscover stuff oh, yeah. in a different way, yeah. which is which is really cool. Uh, and that's what's frustrating about that's what's frustrating about certain certain pieces of music and certain artists is because, you know, they don't go that extra mile. It's not a judgmental thing. It's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a, a kind of like a, a disappointed parent, you know, kind of like, you could have done so much more, you know, it's like, okay, 
but I mean, people take their own journey and they take, they go their own direction at their own pace. And that's what life is. You know, we're all just part of, we're all just little bits of one giant, big, organic, pulsating, beautiful, crazy coal. And you know, it's, uh, well, that's what life is. So there you go. That's that. That's true. Well, get getting lighter for a minute before we before we before this interview ends. I wanted to just give you a shout out for being a sorry part of. So, wait, sorry, to, sorry to be so verbally dense here. It's good. It's that. good. It's good. Great. It's good stuff. But but before we we go, uh, a shout out for being a part of one of my favorite earworms of the '90s, which was Dead Eye Dick's New Age Girl. I didn't realize you were involved in that until I read up. Yeah, I yeah. made that record. Yeah, I made that record. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, anyway, anybody that. who's listening. No, check it out. Check it out. It's an earworm for you. No, that, actually, <laughs> yeah. that whole album was really good. We yeah. made that whole album in three days. Wow. And wow. Uh, they were just this little band who were friends of ours. That The lead guy, Caleb, and I were friends in high school, and they were trying to get things going. And I said, hey, why don't we make a demo? And we ended up just doing an album in three days. And Caleb had great vision. The band was really tight. And we just banged the whole thing out, and it came out really good. And, I thought, like, man, if they can get some, if they can get some, if they can get some traction with this first song, this thing could be a hit. And bam, it became a monster. So it's bigger than anything we had done at the time. So pl- yeah, yeah. Pl- placement on the dead and dumber are dead and dumber. <laughs> Dumb and dumber. Dead and dumber. Dead and deader. Yeah. I, I was gonna say that Dumb. song always reminds me of two things. Dumb and dumber is one because it was on the soundtrack, and two. The line, one of the great lines in '90s rock was, uh, "She she don't eat meat, but she sure likes the bone." Great. <laughs> yeah, you know, Caleb is Caleb is a talented guy. He's a talented, funny, brilliant guy, you know. And he would come up with stuff like that all the time, and you know, he, it was really, really funny. It was really funny. Cool. Well, as I said, Cowboy Mouth on the road always, and definitely through through the end of the year, Fred. We really appreciate your time. And and if anybody hasn't checked out a Cowboy Mouth show. Go do it for all the reasons that were discussed during this interview and, and during this show. One of the, you, know what they, one, you know what they need to do? You know what they need to do? We do a big New Year's Eve show in New Orleans. It's called Big Night New Orleans. It's at the Hyatt Superdome, uh, and it's a lot of fun. It's us and a bunch of other acts. It's like all you can drink, all you can eat. There's burlesque. There's all, all kinds of just multi-floors of stuff. It's bignightneworleans.com. Check it out. I guarantee you it'll be a blast. BigNightNewOrleans.com. New Orleans, New Year's, New Year's in New Orleans. That sounds like a that would be one. great. Yeah, <laughs> we, like yeah we, I, we've I been to Jazz Fest a few years, but yeah. Uh, yeah, New Year's would be incredible. That's what they call a quote, "damn good idea." Unquote. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we appreciate the time and, uh, and hey, and, thank you guys very much. Yeah, and keep doing what you're doing. We definitely enjoy the shows and the music a lot. I'm not dead yet. <laughs>